welcome to the About Her podcast. I'm your host, Abigail O'Neill. Today, I will be chatting with my good friend, Sarah Gump. Sarah serves as the social media and marketing strategist at Cedarville University. Sarah holds two degrees from Liberty University, including a Bachelor of Science in Marketing and a Master of Arts in Strategic Communication. Prior to serving at Cedarville University, Sarah facilitated social media accounts for her local Chick-fil-A and proctored several sections of speech communications at Liberty University. Today, she regularly utilizes her knowledge and enthusiasm for social media to assist her local church in their social media and communications ministry. I am so grateful to call Sarah a friend, and I continue to be sharpened and encouraged as I watch her humbly serve the Lord. I've been especially encouraged in recent years by the way she wisely navigates her social media use, and I am thrilled to share her wisdom with you today. I know you will leave this conversation with an increased understanding of the power of your words and communication, as well as with practical tips for wisely navigating social media use in your day-to-day life. Before we hop into our interview with Sarah, I do encourage you to stay tuned to the end of the episode for a special announcement that I am sure you won't want to miss. Now, without further ado, let's chat with Sarah Gump about communication and social media. Can you first just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So hello, I am Sarah Gump. I am the social media and marketing strategist. Um, I was homeschooled my entire life. I have two degrees from Liberty University and I'm left-handed. How long have you worked on and around social media? So I started at Cedarville in June of 2018. And so now I just celebrated three years working for Cedarville, which has been so fun. And before that, I did a year of social media at Liberty for the School of Communication and then a year at Chick-fil-A. Can you just walk us through a typical day in the life of a social media and marketing strategist? What does your everyday look like? So during the school year, um, chapel at Cedarville is a huge part of my job. I spend about two hours a day working during chapel and chapel communication. So that's awesome. Very spiritual, encouraging environment. Um, And then since I was promoted to a marketing strategist, I now get to see the whole puzzle of marketing and communication, and social media is just one piece of that puzzle, but I have a lot more influence, sometimes overwhelming, but a lot more influence (laughs) into script writing and graphic design. I really get to have a voice at the table, and it also makes my social media content better. What is your favorite part about your job? So working in social, technically I'm in the public relations department, so I really do get to be in the know of what's happening at the school, so that's fun. Um, I also get to be a part of all the big events. For other people on the team, the graphic designer or the copy editor, they're just always at their computer behind the scenes. But for me, social media, I like have to be the social girl. So I get to just be a part of everything that's fun. Would you consider yourself an extrovert? Like, is it a part of your personality to be very social? Absolutely. I love working with people. (laughs) What is your preferred or favorite social media platform? Since we're going to be talking about social media, um, do you have a favorite and why? So I love Instagram. It is visual. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. I can be clever with words sometimes, but I'm much better with photo editing and like the visual side of things. What looks good versus what looks bad. So I like Instagram. 
by contrast, what is your least favorite social media platform? Do you have a least favorite? Yes, it's a tie between LinkedIn and Twitter. (laughs) Why? I'm just not snarky. You have to be like (laughs) quick-witted on Twitter. And that is just not me. I had one tweet about a year ago kind of go like Cedarville viral. It was when people were saying that meme, some of y'all haven't blank and it shows. Well, I said, some of y'all haven't had quiet time today, and it shows. And (laughs) people went crazy, like, what's happening at Cedarville? Like, you guys must be grumpy today. And, like, I don't know, my cleverness for Twitter is, like, once a year. Yeah, I'm not very clever either. Twitter (laughs) is the one I go on just to, like, stay in touch with academic people that I admire because a lot of, like, academics are on Twitter, but I'm not. I'm not very snarky either, so I understand. Let's just jump into a couple questions about maybe benefits and temptations of social media. First of all, why would you say social media is compelling to you? So I definitely am an extrovert, like you asked. Mm -hmm. So I get energized by others. And so with social media, you're allowed, you're connected with so many different types of people, people you know, people you don't know, people you went to high school with. And so it's really compelling to stay connected to others and to Mm -hmm. befriend others online. If you gain energy and encouragement from being around people in real life, do you also gain energy and are you encouraged and uplifted by social media in the same way? Uh, Yes, there are like two or three accounts with toddlers that I Mm. literally watch their Instagram stories every day. Like my (laughs) sister, who's my roommate, she knows that I'm watching Joy Egeret's Instagram story because of how Joy, (laughs) the mom, talks to her toddler. I just, I love it. (laughs) What are two to three ways you believe social media adds to our lives? Yeah, so just how fast it is. Um, It's beneficial from a professional standpoint of how quickly I can share information. If something has changed, if a time, location, event has changed, I can just share information so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also speak to a large audience very quickly. Um, So information travels faster and you can talk and impact more people. And it connects you with people across the world. So my favorite Instagram account is a mom that lives in Paris. And so (laughs) I get to see how someone lives in a different country. I don't know. It's awesome to see people beyond the state of Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, it makes the world feel much smaller. I think I've seen that a lot even right now with the Olympics. Being able to see all of these different Olympians, see their real life behind the scenes and the way that they've trained for the Olympics. I like to follow up with them and just look at what it's taken for them to get there. And we have access, I guess, to that information because it makes the world feel very small. By contrast, what would you say are some of the greatest temptations facing our generation as we scroll through social media? So we're going to talk about this a little later, but definitely comparison. Hmm. Um, Social media makes it so easy to compare. Also, not living in the moment. Sometimes Hmm. I find myself after hanging out with people or hosting a party or going to a concert disappointed that I didn't get the perfect Instagram photo out of this activity. And so I'm always thinking in the moment of how can I make an Instagram post out of this? So I think it it cripples me sometimes from truly enjoying the people around me. Hmm. And also what is truth? There are so many 
researched opinions on all sides of every argument. And so it's really hard to know, like, well, what is actually truth when there's compelling evidence for both sides of this conversation? It, it can be overwhelming. Why do you think it's so easy to develop such harmful habits? Like, why, why do you think we want to take a picture at an event and to post it? And why is it disappointing when we walk away and we don't have that picture? Or um, why is it so easy to mix up truth on social media? So social media has really made, I'll say millennials and Gen Z, like we are our own little mini marketers or like PR professionals. <laughs> we're always like making this persona online and we're aware of if I post this, it'll make me think or others think this way about me, that I'm successful because I have my Michael Kors purse in this photo. Or I don't know, we're always trying to maintain a certain image. <laughs> I would also say um, social media is harmful because just of how the designers created the timeline, um, you can scroll endlessly and refresh your feed and get more content. So we're just always looking for more. We keep scrolling because it, it's like our appetite is never quenched. We're just keep craving more. And so our time, it's easy to spend so much time on social because the timeline is endless. Mm -hmm. You've very easily segued into my next question. As you said, like it's a huge temptation for myself, for many women to overuse social media. And as you said, like these applications aren't and websites are really designed to be addictive. They cater to our individual needs, our interests, our desires, um, our wish lists. How should female believers listening to this podcast think about this aspect of Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok? Do you have any practical tips? Yeah, so I actually really love the screen time feature on my iPhone. Um, I have it limited for one hour a day per platform, so Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that I only am on it for an hour a day, but since I have to put in my password, I'm just so aware of, okay, I've been on this for 15 minutes, and then it's going to lock down again, and then I, I'm motivated to go do something else um, because it's really easy to spend a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Is that for your personal use of social media, or is that for – your work use of social media? So I am someone that has one phone for everything. I know some people divide their work from their social. And so it's one hour for everything. Everything. So when I'm trying to work, I do it on my desktop where I look at Facebook or I look at Instagram. And then I use my iPhone primarily for personal scrolling. <laughs> okay. So you keep it divided. Yeah. So I have these three tips that I most frequently quote to students when they're like, social media manager, tell me, oh, how do you balance work-life balance? And I don't feel like I'm an expert. I've only been doing this for three years, but these are my three tips that I've learned in three years. Um, don't go to social media when you're sad and lonely. I think mm -hmm. it really can just compound those things. Also be mindful of who you follow. Like that's number two. I really struggled in college because I graduated single. And at the time, I was following a lot of these bride accounts and all these like cute engagement story Instagrams. And that's just not the stage of life I'm in. There's nothing wrong with those accounts. But since I'm not in that chapter of my life, I just unfollowed anything that had to do with wedding photography, brides, bridesmaids, dresses, or engagement stories. It just wasn't helpful for my mental state of mind. 
Um, and then the third tip is very much a pun or a playoff of what Dr. White says at Cedarville, but he says, no Bible, no breakfast. And I add no social media to that. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to start your day with the truth of God's word and then go to social media. Otherwise, like you're not putting on your worldview glasses. And so it's really easy to be swayed with social media. I want to go back to your second tip. You said um, sometimes it's good to go through your social media and to unfollow certain accounts that aren't bringing joy to your life or that are bringing you down. Sometimes I personally will go through and clean out my social media, but I always feel bad for unfollowing people and um, just no longer staying connected with certain people or certain accounts. How do you wrestle with that feeling of, if I'm unfollowing them, I feel like I'm making a jab at them or it's unkind to someone to unfollow them, even if maybe they're not making you better or sharpening you as a person. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. And I kind of have two interpretations of that. (laughs) So challenge me if you think my thought process is incorrect. Um, But number one, I feel like in college, I just befriended so many people that I only met one time on campus and I befriended all my classmates, but then there wasn't actually any friendship there. And so I think I feel like I'm just meddling in their lives, just like keeping up with what they're doing, but it's not like there's a tangible friendship. And so if I'm really not friends with someone in real life or even like online, like we're interacting with each other, if I'm not friends a real friend with you, then I'll delete you. The second, and that's really because I want social media to be interactive for me and I want to be social on social. And so I'm friends with people online, even ones I've not met in person, but I want to make sure that I interact with them. And then the second interpretation is if it's someone that I do want to have a relationship with, and something about their content is triggering feelings of envy or jealousy in me, that has nothing to do with who they are. That's just how I'm responding to it. And so for a season, I'll mute people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not what I did a year ago. I was just like, that's the dumbest thing. If you're going to be my friend, you should be my friend. And I, my perspective has really changed. Just I don't want to end that relationship entirely, so I'll mute you for a season. Um, so that's how I've wrestled with that. What do you think? I would, I would fully agree with that. I would say sometimes I do feel like I am not being a kind friend if I unfollow someone that I don't know much. Like I think there's – because I'm a people pleaser, I want to please people and follow them and stay in contact with them and support whatever they're doing. Um, but there are times where my feed feels overwhelming because there's so many people and I don't – There's too many people that I'm trying to stay in touch with or connect with that I'm not really investing in the certain people that I am actually friends with in real life or my feed will be so full of so many other accounts that my friends that have moved that I am very close with, I'm not even seeing their content in my feed. Yeah, I think I'm just a people pleaser, so I wrestle with that sometimes. But someone following me isn't adding to my worth or my value. Me following someone else isn't making them more valuable either. Mm Mm-hmm. 
A second major temptation, at least for myself and for many other women, is the temptation to compare ourselves to others. You've already hinted at this and said this earlier. Um, We like to evaluate ourselves in light of what we see from others, what they have, what they do, their vacations, their jobs. In your opinion, how should female believers think about social media comparison and what advice would you offer to women wrestling with this temptation right now? This is huge. It's so easy to compare either what other people's body looks like or who they're dating or the stage of life, the new house, the new puppy, the new baby. Mm-hmm. We we use Instagram or social media in general as like a highlight reel. And so when you see people who always just have these big moments in their life um, and our society really celebrates engagement, baby, mm-hmm house. Like those are the things that get the highest engagement on social. And when you're not in any of those stages of life, it's just like, well, there's nothing for me to celebrate. So I really love Romans 12, which talks about rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so when I go to social media, I am there to rejoice with others who are rejoicing. And we actually had a sermon series about a year and a half ago at University Baptist Church. And I think Jason said, a win for them is not a loss for me. And Hannah and I, my roommate, we have just been quoting that to ourselves literally for the past year and a half. That just because this someone, this person got a good thing, it is like a gift of God in their life. And that doesn't mean that God's not doing good things in my life. And so... That's why I encourage people to go to social media with your worldview glasses on, haven't already read the Bible for the day, because then you're just able to better process all these big wins on social. Yeah. Um, also, in Galatians, when it has listed out the fruit of the Spirit, right before that list um, is the works of the flesh, and envy and jealousy are listed out. And so... Mm-hmm. That is also something I'm trying to filter when I'm looking and I'm responding with jealousy. That is not a fruit of the spirit. That is definitely the flesh coming out of my heart. And so even though I feel like there's a lot of things in my life I'm not getting right now, and I genuinely believe it's a desire from the Lord, like I really try to use social to connect and rejoice with those. Also, the last thing, when I feel like Everyone else is doing these fun things with their life, and they always have these fun events and travels that they're hosting or they're doing. I try to do the same thing with my life. Um, I try to invite people over. I try to plan fun trips. Um, Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean I can't. So when I'm like focused more on other people, then that's when jealousy grows. I can say I'm on the receiving end of a lot of those events and (laughs) invitations to your house. And I think something that I admire about you is that you are very good about living in the moment and just creating moments to enjoy, regardless of whether it's in a crazy destination or if it's extravagant like we see on social media you still create moments for other people to step into and to enjoy. And that has challenged me to remember to live in the moment instead of being on social media, craving what everybody else has or envying what everybody else has. I've learned a lot from you and just creating moments to enjoy right where you're at, enjoying the moment right where you're at and not just trying to match what everybody else is doing. Thank you. That's so kind. As far as social media, communication, and the Word of God, you've mentioned a couple passages already. The Bible doesn't necessarily speak 
specifically about social media. However, the Bible does have a lot to say about communication and the power of our words. What are a few of your other favorite or go-to passages of scripture that discuss communication and the power of our words? I love Proverbs. That is actually what I'm studying right now. And there's just so many zingers when it comes to communication in Proverbs. But Proverbs 16, 24 is so good. Is gracious words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. And especially during election season or 2020 and all of the mask mandates and vaccines, you're just not seeing a lot of graciousness on social media. And Mm -hmm. so I really try to use my social media to be uplifting and pleasant because Proverbs says that is sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Um, And then we have James. James is just... (laughs) So good, but so convicting. So James 1.26 is, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart, and this person, their religion is worthless. And so if I can't control my tongue on social, that means my re- my religion is worthless. Ouch. Um, in addition to that, James 1.19 um, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger for the anger of God, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And with social media, it's given everyone a platform and everyone thinks that their opinion has value. And I'm not saying that it doesn't, but it's so important to those three things, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So that's why I encourage people to read slowly on social media and don't just react to the first headline or tweet you Mm -hmm. see, but be slow to take in information. Are there any other biblical principles that can be drawn from the word of God that may not be explicitly addressing social media, but they are general tips and they're helpful? Yes. So at church, we've been going through first and second Thessalonians, and that has just been so convicting. So 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says, And aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands. Mm -hmm. And that was just so impactful. I've been quoting that. I think it was around January, February that we went through 1 Thessalonians. But I've been quoting, aspire to live quietly. Live quietly. Because like with social media, we always want to have this big, bombastic, flamboyant post. Look at me, what I'm doing, this cute outfit or swimsuit I just bought. Is that living quietly? No, that's really not. (laughs) And so there's so many times where I haven't, I've refrained from even posting photos of my life on Instagram just because I'm like, that's not quiet, Sarah. That's not meek. So it's not worth it. (laughs) And the same with 2 Thessalonians 3 which was the last sermon um, from two weeks ago. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busybodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. And so sometimes when I'm idle on social media, um, I'm convicted that it's so easy to be a busybody when you can see I mean, girls and changing their profile pictures is the, is the worst. We know, <laughs> oh, you just broke up. And I start scrolling through, through your profile <laughs> pictures and I realize you deleted all the photos of your now ex-boyfriend. Mm. It's so easy to be a busybody yeah. because we, we post so much on social and it's easy to read between the lines, truthfully, or maybe sometimes incorrectly. But 
I'm trying to balance and I don't know the answer. How do I live quietly and not be a busybody and still be on social media? I don't have the answer, but that's what I'm currently being convicted about. Yeah. Why do you think we want to be busybodies so much? Why do we immediately want to scroll through someone's social media and discover whether or not they've broken up with their significant other? I think, honestly, we want to feel better about ourselves. We Mm -hmm. want to compare and, like, be the one that's on the top end instead of always the one on the lesser end. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think we just want to inflate ourselves. And so if someone else is having a bad day, it's like, well, at least I'm not on that side of it. Yeah. We've talked pretty negatively about social media up until this point. Do you believe it is possible to utilize social media to fulfill the Great Commission or to further the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. I struggle with this, but I do think it's possible. So for social media at Cedarville, one of the things we post five days a week is a chapel quote or a song lyric or a scripture. And consistently, those posts never perform the the best. They're just very average, if not below average, for our engagement rate. Mm -hmm. Um, But we still choose to post them daily because we're just trying to plant gospel seeds. And oftentimes we don't see an instant response or an instant conversion, if that's what we're looking for. But if we're just being faithful and very evident when you look at Cedarville social media is that we are we are just dripping with the scripture. Like we believe in the word of God so highly that it is the main thing that we post on social. And so even though we don't see those, um, the great commission fulfilled overnight because of a chapel quote from Cedarville, um, I think it's just good to have faithfulness, consistency, And so even like personally with social media, I am mindful and I try to be very positive. And I guess you could even say (laughs) as I've grown and matured, um, my social media feed has just matured as well. And so I try to be really edifying and I post a lot of other people. I'm not someone that necessarily posts a selfie or an image of myself a lot. That's not saying that selfies are bad in any way. Um, But I want my social media to reflect who I am as a person, and I love community, so there's lots of group photos of people on my social. And to bring that back to um, the Great Commission is that I'm just trying to use social media as a tool of encouragement and positivity um, because there is just so many negative things on our timeline. Are there any specific stories or ways in which you have seen the Great Commission accomplished? Yeah, so during the school year last year, we had some an alumni direct message Cedarville and say that they were going through chemo, and there was this song from a chapel years and years ago that they just remember, and they had been singing it over themselves, and they asked if I could send them the track. And so absolutely, I reached out to the chapel department and said, I'm looking for this random song from this year. I can't even remember the year. But within a day, I was able to send the file to the alumni, and they were so thankful, and they were listening to it as they were receiving their chemo treatment. And so that's the benefit of social is just how fast communication happens and the fact that you can message Cedarville University that has 4,000 students, but, like, you're going to get a response. Yeah, and even going back to something that happened years ago and pulling that back, that memory back out to be able to benefit from it in the moment, too. Technology is Mm -hmm. incredible. 
Let's talk about practical considerations because I know I could use all the advice and the practical help. Do you have any practical tips for breaking bad social media habits? Yeah, so research has shown that the majority of people are just silent observers. They don't post anything. They don't comment on anything. They don't even like photos. But the majority of people are just silent lurkers. And so, like, my encouragement to everyone is if you're going to be on social media, make it social. Hmm. Like people's photos. Comment. um, Slide into the DMs. But seriously, it's called social media for a reason. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I think it's isolation media. And so rather than being isolated from others with how we use social, I think we really should send memes, comment, do all the things that social media entails. I have never heard that perspective. I, I would be a silent lurker. I think in real life, I wouldn't call myself a silent lurker. That sounds bad. But I'm not an extrovert. I'm a major introvert, and I like observing and contributing to conversation, but like being in the midst of a conversation that's already happening, if that makes sense. So it's funny that you are emphasizing so much the social aspect of social media because I don't think that's something I've ever connected the dots for. And I think I could grow in that way of being more social. I could be more social in real life too, though, if we're, if we're honest. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Have you seen the affirmations Instagram this summer? No. What is that? Where, oh my gosh, I'll send you them after this interview, but (laughs) it's these cheesy, poorly edited photos. Oh goodness. And they're just like affirmations. Like I am vital to the group chat. (laughs) And so, (laughs) or I win all the arguments in my head. And I have just been sending those to so many random people, just like a little affirmation for the day. <laughs> I'm going to send you one Please after do this. it. Please. Do. do you have a specific one in mind or are you just going to find one? <laughs> oh, I am vital to this group. Chat. Oh, yeah. I think everyone needs to be reminded of that. That <laughs> they are. The worst is when you send a message and the conversation dies. Yeah. Like your last message is the last thing. It's just and there's over 20 it. people in this chat. Yeah. <laughs> so I am vital. Even if no one hearts my messages ever, I am vital to this group chat. <laughs> How do you personally navigate social media use? So have you set any particular boundaries for yourself that have helped you wisely navigate social media on a personal level? Yeah. So the main question I always ask myself is why am I posting this? And if I'm like being honest, it's because I want a certain number of likes or I want my crush to see this Insta story because Insta stories are dangerous because you can see exactly who's used them. And no one can figure out, but I still believe that like your top 10 people are the ones that like lurk on your account the Hmm. most. And so like, I'm always mindful of who's watching my stories. And that's like, dangerous and I don't know what the alternative or the solution is, but um, I try to walk with integrity. And so I want the person I am on Instagram and Instagram stories to be the person I am in real life. And I think through college, I don't necessarily think it was, but now I'm really just trying. I am uh, a klutz and I laugh a lot. And so I want that to come through with my content. I want it to be honest and quirky. I'm not trying to be an influencer with my skinny bikini on, (laughs) but I just want to be someone who's full of integrity. And if that comes across as awkward and quirky on my Instagram stories, then that's perfect. That's who I am in real life. 
In your opinion, what are a few key indicators or warning signs that social media, you might need a break from social media or a fast from social media? Well, last summer was incredibly hard for my job just because social media was changing so much. And I started having nightmares about the Facebook comment sections, like tossing and turning at night because of Facebook comments. So that was a really clear indicator that I couldn't sleep at night because of Facebook comments I had read Mm -hmm. that day. Um, So I had to be honest with my employer that, hey, this is really affecting my sleep schedule. And um, it was just so negative last summer. And when we sent everyone home in the spring, we had never experienced canceling a semester halfway Mm -hmm. through. And just the amount of frustrated or concerned parents Social media became customer service last summer, and that was a lot for me to carry on my own. And so I was honest with my employer that I need help and I need a break. If you were to take an intentional social media fast, what would that look like in your life? That is a excellent question. I don't know. I do social media full time. I volunteer social media at my church, and I also like to do social media for Mm -hmm. personal use. And so I don't know what that looks like. I think that's one of the main reasons I love going on cruises is because I don't have any internet in the middle of the ocean and I give the login to someone else for the week. And so taking vacations in which I don't use social media professionally has really helped. I watch you navigate social media much more wisely than I do, even though you are on it much more than me. So there's so many things I could learn from you in terms of how to navigate social media wisely. What would you say are a few practical ways women listening could seek to be counter social media culture this week? Absolutely. Be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. Um, There are just so many things on social that we can critique and be – a judge of. There's so much content, mm-hmm. whether it's someone's outfit or who they're dating. I don't know. It's so easy to critique and judge and be a busybody. And so I challenge people to believe the best. Believe the best of what you see on social and don't try to make those imaginary lines and jump to conclusions. Just believe the best. Um, and like I said earlier, be social on social. Don't just use it as a tool that leads to isolation, but truly engage with others. It's a gift that I can stay in such close contact with my best friend in Virginia. And so make sure that you're engaging with others that don't live in your neighborhood. Maybe engage with some that do, but make sure you're connecting with others because that's why it's such an awesome Mm -hmm. tool is I can be friends with people who live 800 miles away. Are there any resources you recommend on the topic of social media? So I, it's not technically about social media or marketing, but one of my favorite books is called Didn't See It Coming by Kerry Niehoff. He is a pastor in Canada. Um, the subline or subtitle is Overcoming the Seven Greatest Challenges That No One Expects and Everyone Experiences. And it talks about becoming a cynic and what leads to burnout and what leads to becoming irrelevant. It's just like a super practical book in the social media era that we live in. Um, Because I think as young 20s and 30-year-olds, we can actually develop burnout so much more quickly because of this technological, fast-paced world that we're living and working Mm -hmm. in. And so 
that's my favorite book, and that is what I would recommend. What are you currently studying in God's Word? So I'm going through the Bible chronologically right now, and I am ending Proverbs and then starting Ecclesiastes, so that should be fun. What are one or two habits you believe every female believer should develop? Two things. Praying with your friends is number one. It's really awkward sometimes. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, hold hands. But I have this friend named Victoria, and every FaceTime conversation, she ends with prayer about me and for me. And it has just been like such a good example to me. And so whether it's just praying over your meal or when you're catching up about life and complaining about all the things that aren't happening or how difficult work is, rather than just talk about it, it's actually good to say, let's pray right now. I'm not going to pray for you later. I'm going to pray for you right now. Um, And then my quote combined with Dr. White is no Bible, no breakfast, no social media. (laughs) Final question. What brings you joy outside of your salvation? So these are just everyday enjoyments that they are temporal, but they still remind you that life is a gift from God intended to be enjoyed. So I love Tuesday nights with my sister, who's my roommate. We watch The Porch. It is a um, young adult ministry in Dallas, Texas. So I love watching The Porch with Hannah. As you know, I love having people over to go swimming or watch a movie or have a game night. And I love new clothes. (laughs) New clothes. (laughs) New clothes, yes. (laughs) I, for the last six months, have been doing Stitch Fix. And so the clothes are sent to me and I try them on and I typically always buy everything in the box. (laughs) Well, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday to talk with me about social media. I just really appreciate the way that you navigate it and um, in general, just your your understanding of communication and the value of communication, the way that we communicate with others is important. So I am just really thankful for the opportunity to talk with you about social media and communication. Thanks for having me. As I mentioned earlier, I am so very grateful to call Sarah Gump a friend and to do life alongside of her. I hope this brief glimpse of her wisdom and grace has sharpened you in the same way it sharpens me each day. I know I learned much in this interview with Sarah. In particular, I love that she emphasized the importance of modeling integrity both on and off of social media. I do pray that it is said about myself that I modeled Christ well in every domain of my life, including on the internet. I am excited to leave this episode and to study what the scriptures have to say about communication and the power of our words using the specific scripture references Sarah mentioned throughout the episode. I also look forward to implementing the practical tips she recommended. I hope you will do the same. If a resource mentioned on today's podcast episode caught your attention, I will have all resources listed and linked on my website, abigailoneal.com. You can find today's show notes, resources, and notable quotations under the About Her tab. Before I sign off on this episode, I did mention that I have a special announcement to share with you. I hope I haven't kept you on the edge of your seat too much, but now you can sit back and relax because I won't keep you waiting any longer. This week, for the first time ever, you can pre-order your very own About Her podcast t-shirt. Head over to the About Her podcast Instagram page or my website, abigailoneal.com, to see the vintage garden-inspired design. 
T-shirts will be available for pre-order beginning today, October 17th, 2021. The pre-order window will close on Monday, November 1st, so hurry on over to the website to pre-order your tea. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Of course, it is my desire to see these discussions of theology and scripture passed on in order that more and more women may feel equipped and encouraged to study and to apply God's word in their daily lives. I would love it if you would share this episode or the About Her podcast in general with the women in your life. If you enjoyed this episode and have a moment or two to spare, I would also so appreciate it if you left a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform. This is one of the easiest and most effective ways through which you can help spread the word about the podcast. I can't wait to chat more about God and his word soon. Have a great week.